Welcome to Destination Marriage, a podcast about successfully navigating the winding roads of marriage. Whether you are looking to get married, you are engaged, newly married, or have been married for years, we want to share with you how we have successfully navigated those winding roads over the past 18 plus years. Join us on this journey as we discuss real life experiences, both highs and lows, and what we have learned along the way. Happiness, grace, passion are some of the things we all strive for in marriage, and we invite you to take this journey with us. Welcome to Destination Marriage. Welcome to episode 13 of Destination Marriage. I'm Jackie. And I'm Tommy. And we're thrilled to have you join us today on this journey. Today, we are continuing our series of Destination Growth. We're going to discuss the one thing, the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results by Gary Keller with Jay Papasan. Yeah, this is a fantastic book. I, you know, we found it extremely applicable and timing timely with this ongoing COVID crisis, and uh, you know, with so much transition in so many people's lives, mm-hmm. including our own, personally, professionally, with our family and our sons. Um, this book was could not have come at a better time to yeah. kind of revisit for me and and visit for the first time for you. I agree. I was, um, so obviously you had introduced me to the book yeah. and in reading it, um, I was just, you know, each time that I would turn a page into a new chapter, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, it's, <laughs> it's such a good read for me. Cause I was thinking like, how many times have I ended my day or how, how many times have you ended your day, your week, your month, or heaven forbid your year feeling like you didn't accomplish anything, even though you were juggling a million different things, which is me every day. I mean, I do feel like I'm constantly juggling a million things, but I've had those moments and I look back on the day and I'm not satisfied with how I've managed my time or I realize I've never completed the one task I actually set out to do in the first place. (laughs) So I know we've all had those days, um, but the reality is that a collection of those days where we simply don't complete the necessary task or the most important thing for that day can snowball and then leads us down a path that moves us further away from our one thing, which obviously differs for every single person as far as what that one thing is. Right. And that's what the, a lot of things about this book. It's not just one thing, period. It's one thing in different aspects of your life, you know, career, family, spiritual. There's so many different aspects that this book really touches on. Mm-hmm. I think it's a must read for anyone who wants to reboot their time management kind of skills or take take a lot of where they're at with their time management, you know, realigning priorities or even change course specific, you know, successfully, um, you know, around reaching different goals and it applies to just all areas of your life. Yeah. So I remember you had read this book, um, I don't know, maybe a few years ago, but uh, you turned me on to it and I wasn't sure how, how did you actually come about to find... This yeah, it was, gem it was it was um, given to us at a national sales meeting. It was mm-hmm. kind of a you know welcome gift along with like the itinerary and and so on. So it was kind of a theme. Yeah. For the for the sales meeting and you know it took I think I read a lot of it on the way back uh, on the plane um, and to be honest it kind of sat on the shelf for quite a while. So when we talked about what next book we should do for destination growth, mm-hmm. I thought of the one thing and man it was. Uh, it was very, very timely, like I said. Yeah, I no. be uh, happier with some of the stuff. It's really made me think over the last week. It's a fantastic read, and it makes sense that it would be at your national sales meeting. I mean, it was created by Gary Keller, who is the founder of 
Keller Williams, which real estate obviously sales. So it may ring a bell with some of you if you are in that space. We're not in real estate, but we're in sales. And so it's an excellent book if you are in, in sales in any any form of sales really but like tommy mentioned earlier it can be applied to so many different areas of your life and um one of the things that really just kind of jumped out at me and and this is pretty early on in the book um is talking about a balanced life and i don't know if you've heard this but i hear it all the time where people are saying oh i want to work life balance or i want a balanced life or Mm -hmm. you know constantly about this balance and a balanced life is a lie, according to this book, which was kind of an eye opener because that's something I feel like we're we striving for. Like, I want balance. What does in my that life. mean, though, right? And that's what if you really yeah. if you dig into it, layer too deep. Mm-hmm. Can you really define what that what that is? Well, I guess it's all personal. It's all it's all you know relative to what is a balanced life for you, but then we're kind of on, like you're saying, like we're always striving for whatever that balance is. Yeah. And it's really never attainable. I had a I had a, a leader, one of the leaders of, of one of the companies I work for, kind of hit on that same that same notion. He was he was kind of introducing himself to the company. He had just been hired as like a, a VP level person. And he said, mm-hmm. you know, the whole idea of a balanced life is kind of a myth. What he wanted us to all be focused on was a healthy unbalance, imbalance. Mm-hmm. Meaning, you know, there's never being okay, a, being okay, and you know, for you, for your life, mm-hmm. those priorities, you know, they're never going to be totally imbalanced. They're, how do yeah. you balance work and life 150 50 so that it's balanced, right? You know, but unhealthy balance is really, really scary, yeah. So, and I think a lot of that has to do with, um, you know, that that expectation that we all have that we've been told, you know, to have this balanced life, whatever that is. So that actually jumped out at me and also multitasking because I don't know about all of you moms out there or any one of you, if you have, even if you're not a mom and you're working, you're juggling home life, fitness, social life, everything, you're trying to be at 100% for everything at all times. Multitasking, according to the one thing, and I truly believe this now, it's not our friend. And I, for one, am a chronic multitasker. I'm always thinking of all the different things that I need to get done at all times. So I'm, I'm constantly jumping from one thing to the next. And according to the one thing, we are hurting ourselves and possibly sabotaging our own productivity. So while most of us believe multitasking makes us more productive, it actually makes us less productive and we're less effective. So what do you think, Tommy? What are your thoughts around that? Yeah, I thinking through it kind of analytically and they break it down. I mm-hmm. really like that is... And this this helped me. The illustration helped me kind of think through this, and as far as how I'm gonna apply it. Yeah. And they I think they reference like watching TV and folding laundry, like doesn't take. That's technically multitasking. What about chewing gum and walking? Right. Okay. But I mean, te- <laughs> but again, they're not thinking about walking. Like you're, it's involuntary almost. Right. right. You're. I mean, you're thinking about it, but it's not like breathing. But the both tasks don't take like intentional will and brain power other than knowing to where to put the laundry and how to fold it and right. that you're watching TV. But what the other kind of story there kind of analogy they gave is if you're in the office and you are focused on a specific task that you have to think through on mm-hmm. your computer and then someone comes in and asks a strategy question or something. Now you're starting and stopping, starting and stopping your brain, mm-hmm. switching gears. 
if you were to get that task done and then finish and then go talk to that person about that strategy question. Right. The, the idea is that that focused finishing it will allow you to be more productive at the end of the day if you right. were to be more specific and intentional. So that's what I'm really thinking through is if I'm trying to do different things you're pushing at pause the same time. and then pushing pause. Yeah, your brain is literally starting to resetting each time. Time that, you know, the course of a day, mm-hmm. I think they said, what, 24, 26% less productive? Yeah, I forgot the exact number, but it's in there. <laughs> but the point is, it's really something for me to think through, especially with work related things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, the other thing I, I know that we, we actually talked about before I even opened this book was thinking big. Mm-hmm. And which is something that kind of naturally comes to me. I automatically go to, you know, thinking on a much grander scale. I always think of like the ultimate, you know, of everything. Right. And which is a positive. It can definitely be a good thing. And I, I was thinking of it differently until I read the book. And it says, if you really don't start from a place of thinking big, how are you going to set the bar for what you want to achieve? So if we think about people who are high achievers and or simply those, you know, that get maybe a million different things done in, in one day with ease. Um, you know, we con- constantly wonder how are they able to achieve so much? And, you know, honestly, the answer or at least a portion of the answer, and this is obviously those who don't have help, you know, we're comparing <laughs> to those who don't have any assistance. They set their limits high and work according to the standard they set for themselves. So if you... That's the key, I think. That's yeah. such a key statement. If you think about you're going to accept what you accept, you know, so if you accept a standard that is menial and, you know, not, 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 you know, above the, the average, mm-hmm. well, then you can't complain if you're average the rest of your life, right? And right. you have an average job or an average career or an average kids or an average marriage. If we accepted for our marriage, you know, that we, we talk to each other for five minutes a day and that's the Done. bar. Like... Box checked. I mean, that that would be a poor marriage. But One day yeah. a year? <laughs> yeah, right? That's my cap. So it's not just with work or not just with career, but big goals, right? Right. With anything. And that's, I, I really like that. I really do like that aspect of the book where it mm-hmm. talks about, you know, kind of reframing, you know, set high standards and dream big, then use the, the kind of the this framework of mm-hmm. then work back on from the one, there yeah, the yeah. Only one thing and then working back from there mm-hmm. to accomplish that goal it's, it's almost like if you have a sales goal of i want to close you know x number of deals mm-hmm. or and i'm sure they're probably applying that as well in in real estate sure. if they were probably thinking big you know working backwards from what your goal is makes much more sense you know if you can actually map it out that way and then you know exactly what you need to do what steps you need to take What's your plan and you of action? Keep asking the questions. What do I need to do to get to that? Right. And then, okay, well, what do I need to do to get to, you know, break it down by asking yourself that question. Right. What's the one thing I can do to to reach the goal today, to reach the goal this week, to reach the goal this mm-hmm. quarter? And like, it doesn't... We, your goal would be like... We always talk about it from a sales standpoint because we're both in sales, but yeah. it's so applicable to whatever your life yeah, goal is. Yeah, definitely applicable to your marriage and your relationship with your spouse. Like if there are certain goals that you have from day one, you know, the type of marriage you want to have and working back from there or in certain areas of your marriage, there can be specific things that you want to work on, whether it's your intimacy or how you want to romance your wife, you know, those things that I know you're constantly wanting to. Obviously, that's all I think about. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I love, I, I forget where I heard it, but you know, the, the most important day of your marriage is not your first day, it's the last day. How, how do you end? How, how well do you end your marriage? Not, and not in a negative way, but in a positive way. If we look back on our marriage at, you know, when we're 90 years old, uh-huh. and we, you know, we want to know that we, we, met, we reached for those dreams and we sought after those dreams and we worked backwards and we mm-hmm. did all those steps and we asked those questions, what can we do to, to, for our marriage? Right. I could honestly say to anyone, and I know I've said it to you, um, I love our marriage more now than I did day one. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. it was good day one, but it's completely in a different place now. I can't even explain it. It's at a different level of, of love and passion and just, yeah. A, yeah. Absolutely. So thinking big, right? Following Sorry, I was going just, down a rabbit hole yeah, there. Yeah, no, no, it's a good one. I mean, <laughs> you know, but thinking big and then, you know, asking those that one thing question. Okay, yeah. So, if my goal is, I mean, I think, you know, health can be something that's kind of easier to kind of frame. Mm-hmm. So if you have a goal of, okay, you know what, in six months, I want to lose 30 pounds. Okay. What is the one thing I can do to, to reach that goal in six months? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if, if, if that is, okay, I need to, to change my diet. Okay. What's the one thing in my diet I can take out of my diet to... To, to reach that goal. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's the one thing I can do to get rid of added sugar, which would be mine, right? <laughs> to... No chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> but see, you break it down into those individual things or you can break it down over time. So, okay, yeah. if it's a six-month goal, mm-hmm. okay, well, what's the thing I can do in, in month one? Okay, what's what about the thing I can do in one week one, day mm-hmm. one, hour one? Yeah. Right? And I think that really comes easy for you as far as, you know, fitness because you're an athlete and so your mind can automatically break those steps down. That yeah. may be a little bit more challenging I wish, for someone else who's I wish that. I could I could apply that discipline to other areas of my life as effectively as I can mm-hmm. naturally do it with, with athletics or sports. You know, I, if I have a goal or a target, if I can break it down and, and mm-hmm. I know what I have to do to get there. Well, that's what makes you know, like books like this such a great, useful tool because you know it's helping us kind of reframe our thinking so we can mm-hmm. apply it in those areas and recognize where we're falling short so I'm obviously I'm not I wasn't an athlete at your level but fitness for me is probably an easy focus because I also look at it differently it's also a space for me to regroup mm-hmm. um, and kind of silence the other things that are part of my multitasking (laughs) (laughs) so but yeah absolutely the thinking big I think um just the way they explain that I really like the way they break that down and a lot kind of along with thinking big it it kind of goes hand in hand is you know do you have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset Mm -hmm. so what what is what's a growth mindset so a growth mindset really focuses and generally thinks big and seeks growth as a as a target whereas a fixed mindset um is essentially placing artificial limits on mm-hmm. on what you think you can do, and Out it's more fear? focused on on avoiding failure or avoiding pain, mm-hmm. right? And statistically, most people would rather avoid pain. If they had to make a decision, it would be to avoid pain than it would be to seek, you know, something good, because we're we're a lot of times we're conditioned to avoid pain, or maybe to just do what we know we'll naturally succeed at, or yeah, which if you have a fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. That could just be subpar or average, and yeah. 
you know, you wake up 20 years later and you're like, what happened to all my, my life? What did Fixed I mindset. Yeah. yeah. You know. I mean, not, I'm guilty. And, I'm... It's, and, and it's not, there's a difference, I think, between, you know, because that, there's, there's a focus on being content, right? But being content doesn't mean like you just settle and you just set, you know, you know, put, you know, mediocre goals for yourself. Right. Right. So I don't, I, I, I don't think contentment is, is, is kind of at odds with dreaming big and shooting for, you know, bigger and grander things. No. And I think contentment can actually be a misused or misunderstood word. Like settle or whatever happens, you just accept it. That is some people's definition of contentment. Yeah. I don't, I don't buy it. Contentment is a, a kind of an internal piece that you have with knowing that I may fail, but I'm going to get back up. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that, but I'm still going to keep getting back up. I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep doing those things. Yeah. But I'm not going to go into a pit of despair if I don't reach that goal this time. Right. You know, I think that's more. You won't be I, rocking I, back and forth in the corner. Right. I mean, you know, not most nights. <laughs> Well, I'm guilty of a fixed mindset in certain areas. I mean, it's happened. Not, I mean, I don't want to say areas, but there have been moments. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure at times, you know, maybe on a weekly basis, I'll have that moment of fixed mindset. And a lot of it's really work-related um, because you want to avoid a no or rejection. And I don't think anybody really seeks out to, to hear those or to feel that or, or to hear a no. But in sales is kind of part of that world. Mm-hmm. Um, but even with this alone, with the uh, podcast, I mean, without a growth mindset, there's no way we would have set out on this venture. I mean, this is, it's very, we're kind of vulnerable putting ourselves out here. Yeah. And we're really learning along the way. So forgive us if we make mistakes. <laughs> Not if. We're growing. Forgive us that we make mistakes, <laughs> when we make mistakes. But, you know, it's it's fun. I think it's brought us closer together. We've learned more about each other. Mm-hmm. And it's really kind of expanded our our, you know, our horizons, if you will, around our... I mean, we're learning a lot of technical stuff. We're, um, you know, we're, we're just learning a ton about about our, ourselves and our marriage. And hopefully we're mm-hmm. helping other people. And if they get some benefit and... We can provide some value. But, yeah. you know, this is also kind of a creative space, and you can't really have a fixed mindset in any creative space. Right, because things change so rapidly in the mm-hmm. world of podcasting and the world of technology changes so, so Social rapidly. Social media, it's constantly changing. Yeah, so it it's you have to stay out in front and be willing to accept change mm-hmm. and have a growth mindset and learn and grow and yeah. get better. And that applies with everything in life. So um, productivity is also something else the book touches on. Not touches um, on. Yeah, a lot it's, of time. Yeah, on. it's it's pretty consistent throughout the book. Um, you know, getting as much highly concentrated work with solid results done in a smaller block of time rather than working, I don't know, 11, 12 hours in a day would be the opposite of truly being productive. So a lot of times I think, oh, I'm working – I worked all day. I worked 11 hours or, you know, I opened my computer at this hour. I made this many calls. I worked again at 10 o'clock at night for three more hours. That must make me productive. And honestly, I have had days and looking back now that I read the book, I've had days where maybe I've gone into my quiet space. Typically, these are days where I'm really uninterrupted, where I'm really high, highly focused for three or four hours. I get more calls done, more productivity, things I can move the needle on more. I'm actually more effective in that short window of time. 
and I'm not getting burnt out. Yeah, I, I think that um, you know that 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 statement of or that old saying of like you know the work will fill will expand to the time allowed, mm-hmm. right? And so if you had four hours to complete a task, your boss gives you something to do, and he said, "I need this by one o'clock," and you're like, "Oh crap!" You know, imagine that you get it done. Like you focus your energy if there's a timeline, if there's a deadline. Yeah. But if he said, hey, I need this by, you know, tomorrow and it's the same amount of work, guess mm-hmm. what's going to happen? Yeah. You'll expand it to fill that time. Or if you have vacation coming up, right? right. Yeah. You're like, oh, crap, I got to get all this work done. Crap, You'll get man. it done because you want to go on vacation. But that's the whole point of this is like it's it's to ask the questions about are you doing the things necessary mm-hmm. to be the most productive person you can be and filling your time those mm-hmm. hours with with productivity and, and asking the questions of, am I doing the one thing that I, I should be doing right now yeah. to be the most productive person at, at what I'm doing? Right. Like starting your day. So if I start my day, um, and I know I said it in the book as well, I shouldn't move on to maybe all of the other tasks that are on my laundry list of to-dos right. until I get my one thing done or mm-hmm. I get what I need to get done that's going to move me closer to my one thing. Mm-hmm. And then once I've done that, then I can move on to my other tasks. But that should be my main focus when I start my day after I have coffee. Two cups. <laughs> At a minimum. Um, time blocking was... Um, Goes hand in actually, hand with the productivity. Yes, it really does. And and so just like I said, you know, as far as starting your day out with focusing on whatever task goes along with your one thing, a lot of that is time blocking. So you know how you can really be hyper-focused on in the morning or whatever that particular time is. But one of the things that it did actually note that I thought we could also implement is um, at the beginning of the year when we do our annual planning, something they mentioned is actually blocking their getaway weekends or vacations just right out of the gate. Yeah, and And then work your schedule, your work schedule around your vacations. Right. It's, It's brilliant. And it also kind of adds incentive, goals, it gives you a visual, and um, and I know that they're really huge on actually using a planner. And I know everyone uses their phone and other forms of technology, and that's definitely something you should continue to do. But actually seeing things written out, which I work very well that way. Mm-hmm. I like having an old school calendar. <laughs> I like seeing every single day in front of me. I don't know. There's just something visual about it that just clicks. And I think that probably is, is part of this, you know, whole planning, having that visual of, okay, these are the t- times, the weekends, the weeks that I'm going to be gone with my family. I can plan around that, work towards that, so I know that, hey, that week, that weekend is my time with Tommy. Mm-hmm. It's not my time with Tommy and a million other clients and this person and that person. It's my time with Tommy. Yeah. Or our time as a family. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, you know, for me... Uh, I've, you know, I've gone more digital, but I still like to print out like, you know, so if, if you, if you find it effective to have a printout or have it, you, and you still want to be effective or efficient with mm-hmm. you know, using it digitally, just print it out, you know, yeah. print out the print out the week, print out your month. You can do that with any of those, any of the, the I just like writing things. it. I don't know. That's fine. No, I mean, look. I'm it, really it, like in the dinosaur it, ages it, with it my was, pen and paper. <laughs> from a productivity standpoint, something I read. Yeah. And that I've now started doing. What's that? Is I and I and I was laughing when I read this, and this was about that productivity thing. They said that they did a study, and if you have a to-do list that you print out, 
right? I used to love having a printout out list or a written down list and then scratching things off as I got them done. Yeah. Because it made me feel good. And then I would look at the list and be like, look at all the things, but here's what they said. <laughs> when you do it that way, yeah, you end up not getting as much done versus Why? versus having like a to-do list when, when you hit the button, like you check it, it mm-hmm. deletes it and you only see what you have left because your your brain works to say, okay, I'm still, I'm focused on those tasks that are left, not give yourself a pat on the back and slow down because I just mm-hmm. finished eight out of the 10 things. Uh, and since I've been doing that, yeah, I've found that it's, I'm, I'm better and hmm. more productive at getting things done. Yeah. You know, so you got to find, find those things that work for you. That right? makes sense. It's just something about writing things down that I don't know. I, I mean, I used to be a journaler, like just mm-hmm. write in my journal. Maybe it's just No, I, I completely I understand. Thing. No, I get it. I think the time blocking, it, you know, I, I really love the, the focus on that vacation and time off piece mm-hmm. where you work towards that. But what they really, the couple things that stuck out for me about the time blocking was how much time they spent on it in the book. And how mm-hmm. important they, they say it is so that you're productive in the time where you're working mm-hmm. and then you change gears and then you're, you, that time block then could be, okay, I've got a three-hour window of spending time with my family. Right. And I, that is precious. That is blocked. That is, you know, not interrupted. Mm-hmm. And I need to do a better job with that, especially during this quarantine and mm-hmm. COVID time where there's, you know, the, there's a lot of blurred lines between kids, school, work, home what time life, it is, what time what, it is, what, what day. day it is. Yeah, <laughs> I think that that time blocking is is really important. Yeah. Um, if anything, you know, right now, and obviously this applies to us as well. We're definitely not coming from a place where we have mastered this clearly, or else we wouldn't be reading this. But this is a really good time to read books we like this, wrote the book. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, we would have written the book, um, but instead we're reading it and sharing with you guys because. Now's a really good time to read stuff like this and use yeah. these tools to fine tune these areas because when things eventually go back to normal, um, you know, maybe we can kind of get back to work, back into our routines and, and apply all of this and, and be even more effective. But you know what's great in the book is they do have a lot of good examples of high achievers that kind of share what you just touched on as far as like choosing those blocks of time because for some their day may look a little bit different in terms of whatever their their, their line of work yeah, is. Sure. And so that block of time may look a little bit different. But each and every one of them did share their block of time that they would pour into their family, mm-hmm. their spouse, their health, their spiritual life. And so all of those things are buckets that require time. But doing the time blocking, I think, in each and every one of those individuals, those examples, it shows how they were able to achieve so much. So yeah. I definitely need to fine tune that on my end. It's kind of funny for all you salespeople out there or, you know, jobs where you have very specific tasks that need to get done and that are that are priority and that is the one thing that will help in your job or it's the most important thing mm-hmm. is how, you know, I've read another book called Fanatical Prospecting by Jeb Blunt and he uh, does a lot of consulting at companies and he went into this one company and they um, – he, he he just kind of observed their their sales their floor sales team yeah who were supposed to be making phone calls proactive phone calls or cold calls mm-hmm. and he would just take note and just kind of tick off every time they made calls and then he brought them all in they said you know he'd ask so how many calls did you make this hour oh I made like I don't know probably twenty or thirty he's like you made five and then in between each of those calls you went on to LinkedIn you were trying to do research on the next call yeah and then you got an email so you answered an email. 
and you did this and you did that. Mm-hmm. You need and to so, do like a power hour. Yeah, and th- that goes into that time block thing. And so for all, all of us salespeople that nobody likes cold calling, what, what? what the recommendation is, is, <laughs> is you carve out sacred phone block time where you are, that's all you do. You're just dialing and dialing and dialing. You're not doing research. You're not doing yeah. research. You know, you're just dialing. Move on to the next. Move on to the and next. And so whatever your one thing is, it's that's, you know, if you're a salesperson and you're an outbound salesperson, mm-hmm. that's the one thing, right? Outbound prospecting. Yeah. You keep it sacred. Even close your door. Put a sign on the door. Don't talk to me. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll do that with the kids. Don't talk to us. We're going to be working for the next hour. Yeah. Um, but, you know, don't be afraid to be, like, really consistent and keep it sacred whatever mm-hmm. that one thing is that you need to do every day to to move yourself forward and whatever that goal is mm-hmm. keep it sacred block everything yeah. out physically emotionally everything well it even says in the book it's a domino effect so you know if you have those things align and you're protecting that time and you're effective with that time everything else is going to fall into place that and way it, and not just fall but like build right right like it it what is it? It builds sequentially. I think they say that, yeah. that growth is sequential, not mm-hmm. not just kind of linear. Yeah. So you build on it by right. being disciplined with those time blocks and with the productivity. It's yeah, it's really good. And it's, it's gonna take work. I mean, this is not something that's gonna happen overnight. This is something I'm gonna have to practice every single day until it becomes a habit. You know, yeah, and that's what they talk a lot about habits in the sixty-eight days or so that it takes to, to is form. Is it sixty-eight? A habit. I thought it was sixty-one. Well, it's in the sixties. It's in the sixties. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot. But you know, I think we talked a lot already, a little bit about the, you know, applying it to our marriage. I think that we talked about this earlier. That the, mm-hmm. the time blocking for us, I think, is one of those things that we can really continue. I mean, we're pretty specific about spending time together. Yeah. You know, not just date nights, which we talked about in a previous episode, but going away, and we recognize how important that is. It's been hard. I think actually we were, it has, we were more effective with doing those things pre COVID. Yeah. Like even when you were traveling a lot, which was still a challenge and probably harder on just like the flow of family life, but we were more intentional about blocking off weekends or date nights because we had to, and, you know, obviously to work around work schedules, but we really did carve out that time. And when we had that time, it was hyper-focused on me and you, mm-hmm. you know, just the two of us. And this was our date night. This was our weekend getaway. And you're right. During this time of COVID, it's been kind of... Everything's blurred. <laughs> it is. Right? It's you, know, you think you're spending more time with people. And then if you really... I wonder if any of you guys listening really were honest, like we're trying to be right now. If you really look back over the past three months, like how much of your time you probably thought you were spending with your spouse was really just, you just happened to be in the same house. We're in the same space. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're in the same but are you room. really connecting? Yeah. And I, we're guilty of it. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, it, it's hard. We recognize it's really hard. So we're trying to refocus our energies and our time and our yeah. effort right now around that. And I think it was more like in the beginning, it was like probably pretty easy to do it, to connect. I mean, yeah. You know, because we thought, oh, this will be, you know, a two week, three week, and we'll back be back to normal because we later. we kind of, you know, we like routine. We're mm-hmm. very routine people, and so yeah. Several months later, it's like, you know, you get wrapped up in your own thing, even though you're in the same room or in the same house. I know it. <laughs> so and we need to work on that. That's but, a big one. I think another one we talked about is you know, kind of keeping each other accountable mm-hmm. to those big, the one things and the big goals, and you know, I think we could. In you know, in a loving way, not as a 
you're not my boss, I'm not your boss type of like attitude, but more of a, hey, we have these goals, you have this goal, I have this goal. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's keep each other, you know, let's keep building each other up and reminding each other that, hey, we've got these these goals that we want to accomplish with, right. with our spiritual life, with our family, with our, you know, work, with with the podcast, whatever it is. No, uh, accountability is really accountability important. And each of us knowing what those one things are and agreeing mm-hmm. on what those one things are to, to reach those goals. Yeah, absolutely. Good. I mean, I think that in the book it had kind of talked about accountability in different ways. So for us in our marriage, of course, it would be being accountable to one another. But, you know, outside of that, having friends, mentors, family members, business partners, which in this sense, of course, with the podcast, you and I are partners, you know. Right. So having that accountability as, as far as making sure we're carving out that time so we can share with you guys, you know, um, different topics like we are today. But, you know, other things that may be a fitness goal or a spiritual goal, I think it's important. And we can definitely implement that. I did I did notice that in the book. I was like, oh, that's something we need to do. Mm-hmm. Or do more. I feel like we do it to a certain level, but, you know. We'd love to hear from you guys if, if, if you've read the book or if, if you have, you know, what you think of our kind of discussion about it today. We'd love to hear, uh, you know, ways that you maybe implement some of these mm-hmm. these kind of frameworks or the questions. I love just, you know, what's the one thing I can do today to get to X or right. get to Y? I think a lot of people can read this and apply it different ways. Um, and I think probably the first time you read it, because you read it at a sales It was uh, all, all meeting. focused on business and right. work. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. so that's probably sales, different sales, than sales, how sales, you're yeah. reading it now. A lot you of ways, yeah, absolutely. But again, the book is The One Thing, The Surprisingly Simple Truth Behind Extraordinary Results by Gary Keller with Jay Papasan. It's a number one Wall Street Journal bestseller, fantastic read, quick read. You can read it in a day or a weekend if you don't like to sit down and read it for a couple of hours. Um, Tommy actually listened to it on Audible, which is not really how I absorb information, but <laughs> he loves Audible, so it is available on there as well. Yeah, so... Uh, Again, good timing because our next episode, we're going to spend a little time kind of uh, changing gears a little bit and talking about our our framework and our kind of what we're doing with our son now mm-hmm. that we learn he's going to be all virtual for the first nine weeks at least. So yes, we will at be least, applying but who knows, maybe longer than that. <laughs> yeah, we'll be applying the one thing and like, you know, ask ourselves, okay, what are the, the for him to have a successful first nine weeks? Right. What are the, what are the things we can do? To help him apply. To get him mm-hmm. set up. And we'll be discussing that next week. We think the timing is, uh, or the, our next episode rather, and we mm-hmm. think the timing is really good because I'm sure there's many of you out there uh, maybe getting news that, that you are doing virtual or some blended version of that with the school. So hopefully. Who knows? Can, yeah, it's across the board. I've heard yeah, so many different things. And so whatever you choose, obviously, I mean, we support the choice of every parent out there. I mean, there's a lot of different households that don't have a choice. We didn't get to choose, but, um, you know, we're going to be virtual, so it'll be learning how to manage this new school year. Yeah, we're going to come up with some trips, tips and tricks around what we're doing. And trips? Maybe, yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully there's some trips in there. Why not? <laughs> but, you know, uh, that'll be on our next episode. And um, until then, we thank you for, for joining us today. We hope that the one thing provides the same value it, it, for you that it did for us. And yeah, we hope will you enjoyed do for it. Us. So uh, until our next episode. We'll see you then. Take care, guys. guys. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if so, please continue to listen on Podbean, iTunes, or Spotify. And hit subscribe. 
Also, visit us at destinationmarriagepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at destination underscore marriage and be sure to tune in to our next episode.